What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by David Lake, coming at you uh, February 9th, Tuesday morning. Um, We're going to talk Miami football. David, how you doing? I'm good, man. It's it's off-season season. That means it's time to start projecting some depth charts you know we made it through signing day i think the coaching staff is is set right so we can start looking ahead a little bit and uh you know we can always talk football i'm always down for that so you're doubling down you're you are for sure that the coaching staff is set yeah for now i'm i'm doubling down it's set Okay. I'm just saying, you know, UCF is still open. I know. Reports out there um, that the Knights are targeting former, or I guess currently an assistant AD at Arkansas State that was at Auburn when Rhett Lashley was there. I'm just saying, kind of right. connect some dots. Um, I don't think, I don't think Miami's out of the, out of the water completely, completely yet. Now I'm not saying there's like been talks or anything like that, but it would certainly be interesting if sure. that guy, if Arkansas State was hired, um, and if Rhett Lashley was brought in for an interview or anything, I just think I personally think Rhett would crush it at UCF. So I think if they yeah. come calling, you gotta listen. Oh no doubt, Rhett should listen if if they want to interview him or, or have a discussion. He'd be a good fit there. I think it'd be a good hire for UCF. Um, but we'll see. I think it'll be interesting to follow. But I. I don't know. I, I assume my, my take on it is I think UCF can get someone probably more established as mm-hmm. a head coach than Rhett. Um, and this is not to say that I think Rhett would be a bad hire. I'm not saying that. I just think they can make a, a safer choice that would still be a good choice. Well, the Andrew Ivins national take would be it'd be an A-plus hire. I think he's got He's got AAC experience, up-tempo offense. I think he would recruit much better than what we've seen from Josh Heupel. Uh, I also think he's a little bit more polished than Jeff Lebby, the Ole Miss offensive coordinator. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not a UCF fan or anything like that. I just think it would make uh, a ton of sense. Um, On this podcast, we're planning to break down a projected too deep for Miami. Uh, So that's what we're going to do, David wrote one a few days ago. This is like projected coming out of spring football. Um, And it's, there's some interesting conversations at certain positions and we're going to get into that. But first, David, I wanted to ask you on signing day, Miami didn't pick up any signees or anything like that. Mm -hmm. There was nothing really new, but you did get to meet with, what was it? Three new assistant coaches. Um, Well, two really. I mean, one, we all kind of know DeMarcus Van Dyke and I guess DVD had an interesting question for you in the middle of the Zoom, or or was it even a question or or what? Yeah, so Demarcus. Um, so yeah, I'd been covering the team. I, I well, I started the website inside the U during the 2007 season. So I believe Demarcus would have been a freshman then, and uh, you know it was my turn to to ask a question, uh, Demarcus. You know, before he answered my question, he said, hey, David, just want to let you know, uh, I have a picture of you and me in my house of you interviewing me back when I was a freshman at Miami. Like, oh, okay. He's like, I'm going to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. So 
Um, long story short, he did send it to me. Um, I sent it to you, Andrew. I, yeah. I wonder what was your take on the on the picture? It was a young David Lake, man. <laughs> Very young. I probably look 13, 14, uh, if we're being real. Um, I definitely am dressed a lot better. Yeah, like media uh, does not wear that these days, right? Well, I will say that was... So I believe that that interview where I'm interviewing him, it's taking place at like the end of year awards banquet, which we used to have access to. That's kind of uh, not been happening here recently, you know, beyond COVID, beyond a COVID year. So you had to kind of dress up to go to that. And so I was uh, in my suit and tie and shiny dress shirt, kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, DVD's always been very friendly to me over the years, uh, you know, good guy. Um, and yeah, just, he literally, he, it seems like, cause he took the picture of the picture, right? So yeah. it seems like it's somewhere hanging up in his house, just, you know, his, his memories of, of his time at UM. So uh, it, it's pretty funny and cool to see that connection. And, and yeah, it does make me feel old, not gonna lie. <laughs> this will probably make you feel older. Uh... I have a, not like a DVD story, but I interviewed Shamar Stewart over the weekend and Shamar Stewart is a five-star recruit in the, in the class of 2022, but he's at Monsignor Pace and we're talking and he's like, yeah, you know, DVD, he went to Pace. Um, so he brings that up all the time. And I, for some reason I started thinking back, I guess I wanted to see what DVD was ranked coming out of high school. And then I realized I saw him play in high school, um, it was like 2006 or, or 2007 Monsignor Pace traveled up to Orlando to play my high school, Lyman high school. Oh, yeah. And I was like a freshman or, or, or an eighth grade. I remember asking my dad, I'm like, Hey, can you take me to this game? I want to see this guy play. Cause he was, he had all these stars next to his name. Um, and that definitely turned out to be Demarcus Van Dyke. So it's just funny, like <laughs> 15, 16 years later, you know, it's like, Oh, now he's Miami's full-time corners coach. It's just funny how it's all full circle. I have two other memories of DeMarcus, right? So when, when he was in college, I think like, you know, that's kind of like when, when Facebook was new, right? Um, right. And, and that was back when like only, only college kids had Facebook, right? So I think I might've been friends with him or something on Facebook. And I remember he put, that was also during a time when MTV Cribs was popular and he, he put up some kind of spoof, funny video of MTV Cribs of his dorm room. So he was giving a tour of his dorm room, uh, cracking jokes about how small it is and cramped it is and showing you his little fridge in the dorm room. So that was funny. I remember that. And then it might have been, hit, this is embarrassing for me, but I'm still going to share it. So I remember... Uh, I, I think it might have been his first Paradise Camp. He worked as a UM staffer. I had just parked my car outside the Hect. I was kind of walking in. DVD's kind of walking out. And uh, he's like trying to discreetly say something to me. And he, he's, he's saying, you know, DVD kind of talks fast. So he does yeah. talk fast. But he was like, uh, hey, David, uh, XYZ. I'm like, what? He's like, XYZ. I'm like, what, what are you saying? X, Y, Z. He's like, uh, your, your zipper's down. Examine your zipper. 
I'm like, <laughs> oh, my fly was down. So I had to zip up before I walked into Paradise Camp. I thanked him for, uh, <laughs> you know, saving me of that embarrassment. So uh, randomly, I do remember him helping me, doing me a solid before I walked into some Paradise Camp with my zipper down. So X Y Z. Now I have three funny memories with with DVD. X Y Z. Um, <laughs> well, we've covered enough DVD. Just, I guess, real quick, your initial reactions or takeaways um, when you got a chance to talk with. Tavares Robinson and, and Travis yeah. Williams. So T Rob and T will just, what was it like? Because the media seemed to be gushing. Yeah, man. You know, it, it's, and look, interviews aren't exactly like uh, the best indication of how good any coach is going to be. Right. Um, but it is very clear that Travis Robinson and Travis Williams are sharp dudes that have had, um, success at the sec level they're very confident about their recruiting abilities they don't shy away from that they embrace it and uh, they're excited to be at miami recruiting in south florida both of them i think well i i specifically remember t rob i don't remember if, if travis brought this up but t rob you know he was he was asked i think by gabby um about his initial impressions on south florida and the thing he brought up was there's a, there's a lot of big people in South Florida. And I think he was talking about defensive line. He was saying, we got to lock up all these top defensive linemen in South Florida this cycle, um, which I agree with. I think that is the big position you circle. But yeah, just in terms of uh, it, it seems like they are guys that um, obviously are high-level position coaches in terms of developers of talent. and. Uh, recruiters. So honestly, these are the type of assistants that Miami needs to have on its staff. If it's going to, um, you know, year after year contend for ACC championships, uh, coaching matters at the college level, both in recruiting and player development. And I think in T Rob and Travis Williams, uh, it doesn't like Miami couldn't have asked for better hires as position coaches. Uh, than those two guys so I can understand why the fan base is exciting excited I'll say Jess Simpson seemed more excited than I remember him being his first go around for some reason and I could be wrong in this but I, I had the memory of him you know not exactly enjoying uh, the media dealing with us during interviews and stuff not that he was bad by any means just you know wanted to get through it um this time he, he seemed a little more excited, a little more energetic to answer questions and, and talk about the last couple of years at the NFL level and how he's excited to be back at Miami. So that was cool to see that energy. And then as we touched on DVD, he always brings the energy. He's clearly excited about uh, the start of his coaching career at Miami. So um, overall, you know, I think the defensive coaching staff came together quite nicely Manny Diaz talked about how he's excited about taking over the play calling and, and how he thinks it can work for this year's team because it's an older veteran team. He feels like this coaching staff uh, is in good alignment. And, you know, the addition of Bob Shoup as a defensive analyst will help 
kind of bring things together as well with defensive game planning. So, yeah, it was a weird signing day in that nothing happened uh, from a recruiting standpoint, but we still got to have that introduction with the new coaches. So that was nice. Uh, I totally forgot Jess, Jess Simpson. It, it is funny because uh, I don't know if I mentioned it or I heard someone else talking about it, but I felt like with him coming back, he knew what he was getting into. Did mm-hmm. you get that sense? Yeah, you have mentioned that in a podcast with us, and uh, I do agree with that. I think, you know, he was, it, it, it's a different animal, right? Coaching at Miami, recruiting at Miami than he had ever been used to the first go around. Now he's legitimately been, I remember the first time, right? Uh, they would hype up how he was an NFL defensive line coach. And he was more so like the assistant to the defensive line coach, right? Do I have that right? Is yeah. That fair to say? Yeah. And now he's legitimately been the defensive line coach. He, he's, he's coached those guys at that level. He's obviously got his experience recruiting at Miami that first time. So I agree. I think he's, he's a little more comfortable, a little more confident. And that makes sense. Uh, this second go around. Um, anything besides like recruiting or like, was there any interesting recruiting nuggets or, or anything like that? Well, yeah, they announced the start of spring football is March 13th. Um, they do not know details other than that, or they're not announcing details other than that, such as when the spring game will be, where it would be, if fans will be able to attend, etc. cetera. Um, they add, oh, Nikosi Perry not going to participate in the spring. He's focusing on finishing up his nine credits and moving on um, to his next destination in in May. Um, They hope Jalen Knighton will be fully recovered uh, by March 13th and able to fully participate in spring football. Uh, Avante Williams and um, Al Blades Jr. are still being evaluated with their medical issues uh, in terms of whether or not they'll be able to, to practice in the spring. Isaiah Walker uh, is a full go in the spring. He'll be able to participate. And I think that's it. Amari Carter is officially back. He didn't, he's not a big social media guy, so he didn't necessarily announce it on social media, but Manny Diaz made it clear, yeah, Amari Carter's coming back. Always good to have a veteran on the, on, on the defense like that. So I think that's all the nuggets that kind of came out of that. Most of the new stuff was team related. Um, and I think I covered it all there. Yeah, I think you did. Uh, it's just, I don't know if I, a lot has happened in the past week or so, I guess I didn't it's even, weird. I didn't even realize that, uh, or just housekeeping type stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. Housekeeping stuff. And you know, like you said, nothing happened in recruiting. So that's kind of where all the questions needed to go to when we were dealing with Manny. So, right. He answered them all. Okay. Let's take a quick break. Coming back on the other side, guys, we are going to get into uh, uh, David's projected too deep coming out of spring football. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, David, we are back. Uh, spring football, so I guess it's, what, a month and a few days away. Um, yep. Miami's losing. I, I wouldn't say they're losing a lot. Um a few guys. I mean, they returned 19 of 20 of 22 starters uh, from a team that finished eight and three last season. So, how do you think the easiest way to do this will be? Just going kind of position by position, yeah. and just you give me your thoughts uh, on it. Let's go position by position. I think you know not every position necessarily demands a ton of attention as others, but yeah, I think position by position is the way to go. So, let's jump at the 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 key position to watch this okay. spring in my opinion quarterback well, and, and you also gotta you gotta throw in a, a quick yeah. nugget this is you you projecting after the 15 spring practices so yeah this will, so this, this is will, my post spring right because i think most of the time the way this happens is spring opens up just with seniority right so the older guys are always at the top of the depth chart so wanted to get away from that just how things might look after spring football all right. Okay. Start at quarterback. So you just said Nikosi Perry, he will not be participating. Tate Martell, he's in the transfer portal. And then obviously Derek King um, right. is undergoing or rehabbing a knee injury. That leaves Miami with three scholarship arms. Would be kind of wild if they didn't get Jake Garcia because then you would just have two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and those three are Tyler Van Dyke, Jake Garcia, like I said, and Peyton Matoka or yes. Matocha. Um, Two of those guys got snaps last season, but none none of these guys have. I don't even know if they've thrown a pass. Have they thrown a pass? Van Dyke threw two, but they were both incomplete. I think right. against North Carolina. So the, so this is about as green as you can get at quarterback. Um, and just just run through it for me. Well, number one, how good is? I mean, obviously, it'd be great if De'Aaron King was available. But it, on the flip side, if you're keeping things positive, this is a great scenario for Miami developing these guys, yeah. right? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, these, these guys are going to get reps that they wouldn't have gotten. Huge. And Miami will know where things stand in 2022 with these guys, right? Right. Um, so my projection, and, and – for any of these positions, Andrew, poke holes in whatever way you want to poke holes or disagree or, or whatever. But I, I'm projecting Tyler Van Dyke to be the, the top guy. Um, again, De'Ara King is, is not available, so I'm not including him. But I, I project it as Tyler Van Dyke. I think Jake Garcia would end the spring as the number two guy. And then I got Peyton Matoka as the third quarterback. Um, do you agree? Disagree? What do you think? You know, I think I think this is fine. The argument would be if you, if you wanted to pick something, maybe Peyton over Jake. 
sure. but who knows? I, I do think Tyler um, has a very good chance to be the, the QB number two for Miami. You yeah. know, it seems like everyone you talk with around the program, whether that be like players or even coaches, yeah. and I'm not even talking just about like the media stuff, like on the Zooms, everyone always talks up Tyler Van Dyke, like every time, Agreed. you know, Agreed. and if you hear it from this many different angles, there's got to be something there. I mean, that's just my thought. I think he is, I think he embodies what everyone expects of a quarterback in terms of his preparation. He's a football nerd, football junkie. So I think he, he brings that to the table. And I think this spring we're going to find out, we're, we're going to have an idea about how that translates into his play on the field. Um, he's going to get thrown into the fire and, you know, I would assume it's, it's going to be tough at first, but if he gets better and better and better with each passing practice and ends the spring as a guy, they feel like they can rely on, that's a big deal. But yes, I agree behind the scenes. It does seem like a lot of people are very high on Tyler Van Dyke. And I think we've hinted at that, right? Like we've kind of said like, yeah, Jake Garcia, big time quarterback, big time talent. But don't overlook Tyler Van Dyke because um, Miami already knows what they have in him when, you know, we were talking about it in the fall and they, they like what he is all about too. So I'm not necessarily sold that Jake Garcia will end up beating out Tyler Van Dyke in 2022. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to get an interesting kind of preview of that during the spring. How would you, uh, you know, so what do they normally do? Three scrimmages, right? Typically, yeah. 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 I wonder if they give like each guy one full go with the number ones or, yeah. you know, I mean, there's so many different things you can do with three different quarterbacks that are essentially all supposed to be pretty even. Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. During the scrimmages, probably like you said, rotate. And then, you know, during the practices, all right, Tyler Van Dyke, it's your day to go with the ones. Then the next day, all right, Jake, it's your day to go with the ones. And then Peyton, your day. So yeah, the rotation is going to be great. You're going to find out what these guys are all about. And, you know, in terms of Jake Garcia, let's be real. Like, we have to be realistic. It's a big jump going from high school to college. And so he's going to be trying to keep his head above water probably during the first week or two of spring football. Uh, so judging him is going to be based on how much better does he get over the course of the spring. Um, or is he still going to end the spring just, you know, looking like a, a freshman trying to keep his head above water? I don't think it's fair to expect him to necessarily push Tyler Van Dyke. If he does, then it's probably an indication that he can be a special quarterback at Miami. So we will see. Uh, next position group running back. I mean, there's really not much to talk about here. You got yeah. Cam, Cam Harris. Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton are the only scholarship guys that will be there for the spring. I think the biggest thing is stay healthy. Stay healthy. Uh, numbers are tight or thin, I should say, just because Robert Burns put his name in the transfer portal. Um, but yeah, mainly I projected this as kind of 1A, 1B, 1C. And uh, so with, with this group, it's kind of just all about competition, all about how much Cheney and Knighton improve from year one to year two and how much do they push Cameron Harris, you know, to take a next step in his game too. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all we should say. I think um, it'll be a, a fairly even rotation. Do you agree with that? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably going to be some walk on getting a, a huge amount of snaps. Sure. Sure. Um, next position group, I think, is one of the more interesting ones. Wide receiver. You know, Miami has added Oklahoma transfer Charleston Rambo. Uh, Mike Harley is coming back. He, for a, a sixth year, he, he could have went pro. He, he decided to come back. And then you just got a bunch of guys that um, haven't really produced consistently in D. Wiggins, uh, Mark Pope. Uh, Jeremiah Payton isn't even listed in, on your projected <laughs> two deep. So, so run through it real quick. So, yeah, I, I list three receivers, right? So basically, just to keep it simple, two wide receivers, two guys on the outside, and then the slot. So I project Charleston Rambo, the Oklahoma transfer, as one starter on the outside. I project Mark Pope as the other starter on the outside and Mike Harley as the starting slot. Of course, do you have any, I think, I think the biggest question mark might be Pope, but do you, are, would you strongly push back against that? No, not, not based on a conversation I recently have with someone. I still think Miami or, or the people in Coral Gables feel that Mark Pope is the most talented of the bunch. And I would not disagree, but I mean, he's got to start producing. Right. And I think everyone knows that. I, right. I'm just saying, if you're trying to pencil someone in, Pope would make Correct. the most sense. Correct. So backups, I got Wiggins behind Rambo and I go with Keyshawn Smith behind Pope. And, and that's probably the toughest one to slot because like you said, it could be Jeremiah Payton. I think Michael Redding is intriguing with his skill set. Um, Daz Warsham, obviously still on the team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of guys there. Do you Would you agree with Keyshawn Smith um, as like that fourth outside receiver? Or would you slot Jeremiah Payton or Michael Redding there? I think you got to go with Smith. I was going to ask you, do you think Smith could unseat uh, Mark Pope? I think there's a chance. I mean, if, you know, the bottom line is production. I think Smith is also very talented. Now, I think Pope is is more talent, more ceiling, but the, the bottom line is producing. And uh, if Pope doesn't take that step this offseason, he's going to crack the door for a guy like Smith, who, again, this is, uh, you got to read the tea leaf sometimes, right? right? He is now wearing number five, and they only give single-digit numbers to guys that they think are ballers. So in a way, that is an indication that people around the UM program are high on Smith's talent. Um, as corny as that is to say, it's still an indication that they think he's going to be a good one, which well, I agree with. Yeah, I mean, if he's if he's taking that next next step, that's huge. I, I, I would huge. say, I, you know, I'm interested to see what Jeremiah Payton looks like. You know, what what kind of happened to him last season? Yeah. I, I think the two that I'm, I guess the two I'm most intrigued about uh, are Keyshawn Smith and Jeremiah Payton. You know, what do they look yes. like coming out of this? And then did they get any enrollee, early enrollees in or no? No, not on the official roster. They're not listed. Okay. So. I thought there was a, there was talk of Romello Brinson. But I there guess was, not. there was, but he's not listed. Unfortunate. So, yeah, it is. It is. All, all those guys, honestly, like I think all of them could have pushed if they got in during the spring. Um, and then, you know, the backup slot, I got Xavier Restrepo just because he's really the only true slot guy outside of Harley on the roster. Um, 
And, you know, last thing I'll say about this group, I am curious just what the insertion of Charleston Rambo uh, on the team does to push, you know, D Wiggins, Mark Pope, you mentioned Jeremiah Payton, um, you know, does he help bring them to the next level? Just him being on the team, you know, it's kind of a situation where either step up or, you know, have your job, have your, you know, job taken. So it'll be interesting to see how, how they respond there. Yeah. Uh, tight end. You have Will Mallory and then right, right behind him at number two, Elijah Arroyo, who is an early enrollee, a guy that got on campus. Um, think there might be not pushback there, but maybe eye yeah. opener for uh, eyebrows rising for a few people. I mean, Miami does return Dominic Marmorelli, Larry Hodges. Both those guys had their moments or, or have been on the field in the past. But I kind of agree with you, man. I think Arroyo has a chance to play as a true freshman. And I've been saying that for a while. And I think I think Mama Relly and Hodges are kind of are, are guys that will see the field, but they're kind of like role players, right? They're kind of guys who like Mama Relly, very good blocker. Um, Hodges to me is a guy you bring in in the red zone or short yardage situations in that short passing game as like an H back. Uh, so I just kind of wanted to keep it simple with this tight end projection and project who do I think are the top two tight ends. And I think, yeah, obviously Will Mallory and then number two, Elijah Arroyo. And, and also too, this is kind of me hoping Miami does this. I think, you know, Miami recruited pretty well uh, this past cycle. And I think they need to embrace getting these, these guys that are the better guys in this class on the field as soon as possible. I think you want to be that program. Elijah Arroyo, I think you could argue is the third best player they signed in this class. So I hope they find a way to get him on the field early. Uh, you know, Leonard Taylor and James Williams aren't on the roster yet, but I hope they find a way to get them on the field early as true freshmen in 2021 as well. So that was kind of my line of thinking there. I agree. I agree. Offensive line. Um, Miami somehow returns a ton of guys with playing experience. <laughs> Crazy. You know, I feel like, I feel like we said that last year in heading into the 2020 season like hey this is the best the the group has been uh in, in terms of just from having experience and guys that had played and man like the 2021 group they they really didn't lose anyone nobody i mean literally nobody um and they're like they theoretically are getting guys back who opted out or could i, I guess could. i should say We'll see. Yeah, that is one area we didn't get much clarity on with with Kyleon and uh, I guess Zelante's coming back, but Adam Elgamal. Um, but yeah, I mean, so this this offensive line projection to me is interesting because again, there, it could go a lot of different ways. Uh, like they they could blow it up or roll right. with it. I am curious just how savage they're going to be about it because I think. If you wanted to be savage and just, all right, we're playing our five best. There's a chance this, even though Miami's returning a bunch of guys, it could look totally different. Now, would I expect that to happen? Probably not. Um, but I do think when you look at the interior guys, you know, it could look, there's a potential for it to look totally different than it did in 2020. Um, but anyways, the way I projected it, Starting left tackle, obviously, Zion Nelson took a big step last year. I go DJ Scaife at left guard. 
Why do I do that? Because I am projecting Navon Donaldson to be at his traditional right guard spot. Um, you know, typically you want your, your stronger run blockers on the right side. So I think that's where you put Donaldson, um, center Corey Gaynor, obviously returns as the starting center, right tackle, uh, seventh year offensive lineman, Jared Williams as the starter there. Seventh year, seventh year. So how old is he? He's gotta be what? 23, 24. Um, is he gonna be a doctor? <laughs> I mean, he's, he's probably racking up some degrees. Good for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was my starting five projection. Obviously that I, I leave off Ja'Kai Clark, who was a, a full-time starter last year um, for most of the season. Um, would you push back on my starter starting group in any way, Andrew? Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not on board with this Navon Donaldson thing, to be honest. Okay. I mean, I I I, I could be wrong. I mean, I just you know we'll, you've we'll never see. been a fan. Yeah. Correct? Right. Yeah. I just you know I'd be more like I could see Jalen Rivers getting in there. Um, I think with this current five you, you've rolled out as well. I you know if this is the group, I think there's going to be some guys that leave the program just based on knowing personalities and, and whatnot. Um, we'll see. I, I think it's the most fascinating competition this spring, right? Like it's yeah. I mean, Jay, you mentioned Jalen rivers. He like John he, Campbell has played a ton of games and he, you're just a backup right tackle. Like Isaiah Walker is the highest ranked of this entire group. Right. And I have him as the backup left tackle, which we'll see. I mean, he still needs to show it in order to be the backup left tackle, but he is talented. Um, and, and just think about this, like, man, like we always talk about this, but them starting Zion Nelson uh, against Florida, like that was a disaster, but right. You know, now he's going to be a third year starter. It's like, yeah, it's just crazy. He projects as one of the better left tackles in the ACC next year. So and he already kind of was, honestly, towards the back half of the 2020 season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know. Like, is he going to be a three-and-done guy? Uh, there's a chance. It depends how much better he gets, right? But, yeah, there's a chance. I'm not saying no shot there. Tell me this, Andrew. Would you – so, if I only give you a choice between Ja'Kai Clark and Navon Donaldson to start at one of your guard, guard spots, who do you start then? Probably Navon. Right. I That's kind of what I was thinking. Like, Jakai's to me, is the perfect sixth lineman. Like, he's just a little limited. Um, where, where to me, is he's a, just a where, better where's, center. Where's Usman Torore? Is he, yeah. Is he, is he not even he, in your too deep? He's not, but I. that's because, okay, so if, if there was a traditional just second-team offensive line, I would have put him, I guess, at guard. Because I just put Ja'Kai Clark as the backup guard and backup center because I just think that's how it really would be. Um, I mean, he's he has started games to, like insane. Yeah, no, I mean, he I get, started I, over twenty games. I get it. Um, I, I think it's going to get real annoying when you're watching college football in 2021. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, they return all these guys." It's like, yeah, everyone returns all these guys because <laughs> everyone's coming back. But in, in specifically talking about Miami's offensive line group, but this is kind of insane. Yeah. 
I also think too, it's worth bringing up DJ Scaife. Like he's got to be better this year. Um, there was lots of situations in 2020 where it wasn't good enough with him. So he needs to be better. And if he's not, then a guy like Jalen River, Rivers, you know, could get him. Uh, so the competition level is going to be interesting with this group. Honestly, I, you know, I've mentioned this. I've kind of pounded the table on this. I want them to get better with run blocking. So yeah. whatever that means, like get stronger in the weight room, get better with your technique and hand placement, all the above, whatever that means, get your, get your five best run blockers out there um, and move people because you have talented running backs. And so they, they need to get those guys some space to operate. Last thing for me on the offensive line, um, you know, just even thinking big picture, you know, a, a guy like Chris Washington, you continue yeah. to just work and develop, like doesn't even have to be thrust into the action. And then your three offensive line signees, Ryan Rodriguez, Lawrence Seymour, and Michael McLaughlin, like no yeah. rush. Like you're just And kinda... you mentioned John Campbell. Like if he's going to be patient, right, and, and, and stay with the team, in 2021 he's going to be the starter in 2022 and he'll still have what two or three years uh to be a starter at miami so if they keep him around you know the future of the line has been flipped uh very nicely here in the last two two years or so yeah and i think you're like the most excited about jalen rivers or you have been so i am yeah yeah wow. i would find a way to get him on the field but i gotta see it to believe it in terms of projecting the coaches to do it one more like big, big picture thing. Like, damn, if you're Garen Justice, I'm like looking around. I'm like, damn, this is setting up pretty nice for the next few years. Yeah. You know, and like if someone yeah. comes calling along, I think that's always taken into account. All right. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Start up front, the defensive line. Um, I think I don't want to say this is a weakness, but I just don't feel great about the group. Um, and it starts with the edge rushers. Like, I think Miami has some talent there. Yeah. But man, like, I, I, I've said this to people in passing. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, I think there's going to be, there's a potential there for a big drop off. 100%. This is the worst edge rush group on paper of the Manny Diaz era, right? Like, Oof. I mean, that's a take. I mean, that's a take. Well, it's but not it's, that it's yeah, not it's crazy true. though. Yeah. They've had very good edge rushers. Like if you go back and look, they've been stacked. Um, so, you know, I think so. I projected the veterans, right? I just went Zach McLeod as one starting D end, and I went DeAndre Johnson, the Tennessee transfer, as the other starting defensive end. I mean, there's he, people just bashing their head in their steering wheel right now about the Zach McLeod. But like when I saw you write that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's got to be like the odds on favorite. Right. I mean, you would hope Jafari Harvey, maybe, you know, overtakes him. I just haven't seen it yet from Jafari Harvey in that regard to project that at this point. Um, and again, like Cameron Williams, he's flashed, but you gotta, you gotta be more consistent chance Williams. I think, might be the best physical talent of the yeah. group, but he's I, still a second year guy, you know, yeah. like I, I'll say this. I think he has the most twitch out of anyone. Yes. Yes. And well, never mind. I was going to say length, but I don't know if that's necessarily no, true. Cam, Cam Williams is longest. Yeah. So 
you know, some, they got to find an answer there. I, and again, I don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily bad, but it's not going to be impactful. Like it has been at Miami since, you know, Manny Diaz arrived in 2016, um, which well, is an issue. I'll say this, like I'm, I'm a big Jafari Harvey fan. I'm a big Cam Williams fan. They just haven't take the, taken the steps yet. And like, maybe they will this spring. Yeah, maybe, maybe they will. We will be getting those practice stats and it's like, oh, Cam Williams, four sacks, you know, right. maybe right. someone will emerge. But right now it's like, we're just in wait and see mode. And that's why I think you putting Zach McLeod and DeAndre Johnson there makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Got to show it. I think you and I both believe in their talent, their athleticism, but got to show it. Um, interior wise, this will be one of the best groups it's been in a while. Correct. It's pretty deep. I think, um, you know, Nesta took a big step. I project him as a starter, obviously the other starting spot, you know, I debated Jared Harrison hunt or John Ford. I went with just the guy who's, you know, more talented. So I went with Jared Harrison hunt, um, with John Ford backing him up. Then my fourth defensive tackle, I'm, I'm curious what you think there. Uh, I'm kind of becoming a big Elijah Roberts fan. Um, yeah, like you just get all jacked up about the kickoff coverage. I love that, dude. <laughs> I think that's freaky stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I would project him. I, I, you know, the other guys there would be like Jason Blissett, Jalar Holly. Uh, Quinton Williams. Um, but I, I think I'm rolling with Elijah Roberts right now. What, what would you, what do you think? Well, this is my question and something I had written down. I guess Jordan Miller too. Sorry, Jordan. Yeah. I forgot about him. Like with that, Elijah Roberts, Jason Blissett, um, and who, who, Quinton Williams, like, do you think so? Like, are they going to be worked in at end? So, like Jeff those Simpson, guys, those guys have been gone back and forth. I, right. I feel like, you know, multiple times over the past year and a half. Jess Simpson was specifically asked by, uh, I think it was Barry Jackson. He was specifically asked, "How do you view Elijah Roberts and Jason Blissett?" And he straight up said, "Yeah, they're they're inside guys for me. They're the three techs I want. Three techniques." So. Um, that's what he says. Now I agree with you, you know, numbers wise, could they move a guy or two out there at end? Maybe, but I, I think Jess, you know, Jess recruited Blissett to be a defensive tackle. Right. So yeah. I would assume he wants him there and, and Elijah Roberts. Um, I, I think he's similar skill set to Jason Blissett and that he's an athletic defensive tackle. So I would, I would not mess with it, but I agree with you. Like body count wise, they probably need to move someone to end just to give them that sixth end. Yeah. It could be potentially Quentin Williams. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I guess Thomas Davis is on the roster too. So he gives you another end. So that might help not change that, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think, Elijah Roberts, or do you would you roll with someone else? No, I think Elijah. You know, when we didn't, I mean, I wasn't involved in the rankings process, but when they didn't have a fourth star in him, I thought that was a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that he was doing that kickoff stuff, and 
all that. I think he's a pretty good athlete. I think, you know, I, I, I'm a huge Gerard Harrison Hunt fan. Um, Jason Blissett. I mean, he played running back and like, they're extremely athletic up there. I mean, the fact they got John Ford, who I think played 11 defensive snaps in the cheese at bowl to come back is like, you know, it's like, wow. Like I thought for sure he was gone. I did too. But, you know, and again, we've talked about this. It seems like the culture is changing at Miami, and that's kind of one of the indications, guys wanting to come back to, to play at Miami. All right, let's move up to that second level, the linebacker positions. Um, you, you, you're right, it's, it's wide open. And the two starting linebackers you got, Tyreek Austin Cave and Corey Flagg, who would be sophomores, but I guess they'd be freshmen because that year didn't count. Right. Um, right. But they're class of, what, 2020 recruits? No, 2019 recruits. 2020 20 oh 20 oh yeah 2020 recruits sorry and then so, you yeah got, and then I backing pre- them up backing them up are, are Wayman Steed and, and BJ Jennings in your projection so number one do you agree with this number two do you think it's possible oh I think well <laughs> I don't think it's going to be Wayman Steed and BJ Jennings like I I I, I think if everyone's how 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 clean of a slate this is with, you know, uh, a new linebackers coach, I, I don't know um, how possible is this. I I don't know. My question to you is, where are Avery Huff and <laughs> Sam Brooks? Right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, side side note is like Sam Brooks, someone you could potentially try at defensive end. Yeah. So here's my thing on Sam Brooks. I don't. Uh... I, I don't know what happened this year. Like, I, I thought he was going to be better. Um, I thought he flashed in that Independence Bowl where he was thrust into a starting job. He might have – he was either – he either led the team in tackles or was second on the team in tackles in that game with, like, 10 or 11 tackles. And for whatever reason, it just never clicked in 2020 to me. Um, so maybe I'm being kind of harsh by not including him on my two deep. Uh, maybe I'm being kind of a fanboy by just projecting the freshman Tyreek Austin cave as the starter, but I do think Tyreek Austin cave has a nice blend of instincts and athleticism. I think there's a lot of guys at linebacker that have one or the other. Um, so I think Sam Brooks has really good athleticism. I don't know if we've seen consistent instincts there. I think Wayne Minsteed has some instincts, but the athleticism's lacking. Um, and then Avery Huff, I think, is a freak athlete. But, uh, you know, you talk to people around Miami, the dude needs to learn how to play within the framework of the defense. So I'm going with Flag. I think Corey Flag is kind of a lock. Would you agree with that? I would, I would be surprised if he is not the starting middle linebacker. I think if there wasn't any staff turnover, yes. But there has been, so I don't know. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, that is fair. I, I will say this, you know, Manny Diaz, I would think, is still going to be heavily involved, right? So there is that. Um, and I think Manny Diaz likes Corey Flagg. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the bottom line is linebacker is going to be wide open. They have to find answers there. That's the bottom line, whoever it is. Uh, get guys with instincts and, you know, 
get guys that can know, know where they're going. I've, I think, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast or if I just texted it to you or even wrote it, but I would even try Keontre Smith at weak side linebacker. I don't know if Keontre would be open to it at all, but I think there's something there in terms of his speed. I think he has very good instincts against the run. Um, obviously he's not maybe the biggest guy at linebacker, but I think he's listed at 215 pounds, which is kind of big enough to, to play nowadays. So I would even throw him in the mix if he's willing to try it. Um, but yeah, my striker projection is Gilbert Frierson starter, Keontre Smith as the backup. Well, that's a strength right there, you know, yeah. and, and then <laughs> I don't want to throw one more name into this, but Amari Carter's coming back. Sure. I think he could play all three of those roles we just talked about. Weak side backer, middle linebacker, or striker. Would you push back on Keontre at weak side? No, no, no. I'm for that. Yeah. Look, man, that's 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 where football is going. That is right. where it's going. Um, no, like, I mean, you want me to if, – if I'm drawing up my defense, I'm trying to figure out a way to get him and Gilbert on the field at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I'm very – you know, I think it was the Duke game. And, you know, they all looked good against Duke. So there is that. But, man, I remember in that game, Keontre was just flying all over the field. Like, he does – he is a fast dude, and he likes defending the run. So, you know, I, they need to find some answers at linebacker. So I'm just throwing stuff against the wall at this point. Yeah. All right. Last position group, defensive backs. Um Again, a lot of guys here. Um, yeah. We don't know what the status of Al Blades no. Jr. is or Avante Williams, like you said. So I'm just going to read it. This is what you got at corner. Tyreek Stevenson, the Georgia transfer safety. Bubba Bolden, safety. Gervin Hall, the other corner position, either DJ Ivy or Takori Couch. And then when they go in the nickel, you have Takori Couch in there as well. Um, I kind of agree with all of this um what happens if Al Blades is is a go Al Blades is a go I still think I mean he'll play I think they're gonna have a four-man rotation at corner no matter what right but I still think I think Tyreek is gonna start um I don't know people would probably push back on me for this and I get it but I prefer DJ Ivy to Al Blades um, and honestly, I think I prefer to Corey couch over all over Al blades and DJ Ivy. So, I mean, they need to be more consistent is the bottom line. Um, they got four dudes and, and hopefully they all take those little improvements that they need to make, uh, this year. Um, what do you think about safety? Because I Bubba Bolden, obviously, uh, I think is a definitely going to be a starter. The other one, I don't know what to make of it. Um, I don't know what to make of Gervin Hall in, in 2020. He took a step back. Was it due to injuries? I think so a little bit. I think he played through some stuff, but bottom line is he, he didn't play as well as he did the previous year. Amari Carter, um, you know, say what you want about him, but the dude started how many games, right? Know? 10 games. So yeah. he's still there. And then, you know, the previous staff was very high on Brian Balaam. Um, yeah. 
Well, which uh, that's, I get. What I, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you have Balaam. Again, we don't know what the status with uh, Avante Williams is, right. but like Balaam, Clark, and Dunson, Isaiah Dunson, the corner, Marcus Clark, the corner, like they all kind of like flashed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's like, there's depth. I just don't know what, 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 what what's going to happen. Right. And, you know, there, so in that regard, talking to the, talking about the younger guys, it does help. I think T Rob, you know, obviously going to have a fresh set of eyes with these guys. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that there is favorites being played, but you know, Amari Carter and Ephraim Banda, I think had a strong bond. Right. Um, so fresh start, you know, hopefully Avante Williams is healthy and good to go because I am a huge fan of his talent. And if he is healthy and good to go, I wouldn't put anything past him in terms of how high he could rise up the depth chart. Um, and I also think Brian Balaam's got something to him too. Yeah. So it'll be, you know, the, the theme with this group, in my opinion, is just competition. Who's going to emerge, you know, just, uh, make it a meritocracy. Whoever plays best, you're the starter. Yeah. Um, well, that's the final position group. Just kind of after going through all of this and I guess penciling it out or writing it out, like aside from Andre Borgales, the kicker, <laughs> like which <laughs> freshman do you think has a chance to work their way into this, into this duty, like in play in 2021? Because I don't think the path to playing uh, is easy for the two five stars and Leonard Taylor at defensive tackle and I would agree James Williams at safety. Like some people are like, Hey, these guys are going to play. And it's like, Ooh, I where, how I agree. But again, I do think they, you got to find a way to, you got to embrace that, right? You want to be known as a program that plays its local five stars as soon as possible. Right. Um, I, I think with Leonard Taylor, man, you get him in one of those weird, uh, odd man, odd man fronts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, let him rush. And even James Williams put him on the field third down as like a, you know, athletic linebacker level type guy. Right. So, um, find a way to get him on the field. I, I would probably say, I mean, you and I have both mentioned Elijah Arroyo. He's probably uh, a guy to monitor in that regard. And then I think Brashard Smith has a chance to maybe get on the field as a slot guy. Um, and then, you know, I think returner, they should go with one of these freshmen, whoever it might be, right? Malik Curtis, Brashard Smith, even Jacoby George, give them a shot at, at the return duties. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, this is what you want if you're a big-time program, though. You want to recruit big-time guys, but you don't want to put them on the field before they're ready. Um, so that is, a, that is a good thing uh, in the big picture of things. Hmm. Do you think, like... I mean, do you, I guess, give me your feeling on how this is setting up for Miami now that you've like worked through the depth chart. Like, so it is interesting, right? Are you feeling better or what? So, ESPN's Bill Connolly, who does a lot of analytics stuff for ESPN, right? He did, he recently released his returning production uh, rankings. So, he goes by snaps and stats, right? He gathers all that stuff of every team in the country. And you're right, like uh, w- when you talk about how a lot of teams in the country in, in 2021 are going to be able to say, oh, we returned a ton of starters and a ton of production 
That is true because of the extra free year of eligibility. Uh, but with that being said, Miami still ranks number three overall in the country on that list. And on the offensive side, they rank number one. So they return the most production of any team in the country on offense. So what happens if you took, took the Eric King away? <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, that, that's true. And quarterback gets weighted even more, right? Quarterback matters more. So it's a big deal that Derek is coming back. Hopefully he'll be healthy for, healthy for Alabama, obviously. But, you know, you go down the list, they're returning everyone except for Brevin Jordan, but they are adding Charleston Rambo to the mix. Um, so, yes, Miami is returning a bunch of production. Yes, the the entire country is also returning a bunch of production, but... Uh, Miami is still returning more than most teams. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I do think that matters uh, because Miami not only returns a bunch of production, but they recruit at a pretty good level. They don't recruit at an, at an elite level, but they recruit at a pretty good level. So they do have talent. They have talented guys that are returning. So, you know, I, I think, I think this is a, a big year for Miami potentially, and they got to take advantage of this opportunity. I, I, I'm with you though. I, I feel good about this roster overall, but I do have my question marks about defensive end, obviously, and linebacker. Yeah. I, 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 you know, to me, that's, those are the two spots I'm monitoring this spring outside of like how the, uh, the young guys are doing at quarterback. If, if there's another edge rusher or linebacker in the portal, do you go after them and try to get them in August? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a yes for sure. Yeah. yeah. Even more than corner now that you've worked through this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel kind of good about corner, to be honest. Like I like, is it lockdown, no fly zone type situation? No, but I think it's good. Like I think, you know, you compare their corner situation to like the rest of the ACC it's not bad. So, um, you know, is it going to be concerning when you go against like Sam Howell? Sure. Um, but that would be the case for every secondary that Sam Howell faces. Um, I feel, I feel much better now that Tyreek Stevenson is in the mix. Hmm. All right. One quick recruiting note guys, before we get out of here, um, on Monday, you know, we're still in the NCAA's dead period, but recruits can kind of walk around campus on their own. Uh, one notable recruit did that in Coral Gables, um, and that's Traquan Fagans, top 24-7 cornerback out of Alabama. Uh, Miami recently offered. I think Georgia is the leader in the clubhouse, but I got a chance to watch him play over the weekend. Family, mom, dad, one of his brothers was in Coral Gables. Uh, on Monday, kind of tour on their uh, on their own. So, look, you're already seeing the effects or the impact that Demarcus Van Dyke and, and T. Rob can have on that recruiting effort. Um, posted some video to the site, so make sure to check that out. Um, I'm trying to think: has there been any other recruiting news? No. Let me ask you this: just kind of a big picture recruiting thing. Where would you say Miami is right now with kind of like formulating their recruiting boards, position by position? Still a work in progress. Are yeah, set. I think it's a work in progress. Like, I don't think there's much urgency in terms of like getting kids committed. Um, yeah, which I agree with. Like, there is no reason to be rushing in, in any way. Um, so, 
We'll and see. this is because of COVID, right? Like yeah. this is much slower than in recent years because yeah. of COVID. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here, guys. I got to run, run and do an, another podcast. So we, we right. appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Take care, guys.